episode of In a Pickle, the show that is dedicated to the less glamorous side of baseball. I am your host, Dave Houghton, and thank you so much for returning to another episode of IAP Radio. Last week, we had the Lamar Hoyt show, and I'm still getting comments about the Marty Bergen show. I am so sorry. Again, it is a very dark, dark show. So, disclaimer. This is the disclaimer. If you listen at IEPRadio.com to the Marty Bergen show, it is a dark story. Beware. So, today we have a story that I actually had in the tank for a very long time. It is the story of Cesar Cedeno. If you don't know who Cesar Cedeno is, well, buckle up because this ride gets a little bumpy. So, Cesar Cedeno was born on February 25th, 1951 in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. At the age of 16, he was signed as an amateur free agent. This was 1967. By 1970, he made it to the roster of the Houston Astros. That year, he finished fourth in Rookie of the Year voting and led the NL, because at the time the Astros were in the NL, in doubles and batting averages, which his batting average was .310. He would lead the league in doubles again and again in both 71 and 72. 1972 might have been the most special year for Caesar. He would go on to hit 22 home runs and steal 55 bases while winning a gold glove and making it to the All-Star game, beating out Roberto Clemente for the starting position in that All-Star game. Caesar had a solid combo of power and speed, and he was also incredible at defense. He also became the second man in the MLB after Lou Brock to get over 20 home runs and 50 stolen bases. For 1973, more greatness would come for Cesar. 25 home runs, 70 RBIs, and a batting average of .320 with 56 stolen bases. And he won another gold glove. Astros fans began calling the Astrodome Cesar's Palace while sports writers began to compare him to Willie Mays. After the 1973 season, life would take a little bit of a dark turn. Because if it didn't, then honestly, there'd be no reason for me to call this show in a pickle. We would just call it another good player with a really great career with nothing ever bad happening to him. And everybody sleeps well at night. That is a, uh, that's a working title, so. During the offseason in 1973, Sedenia would go back home to the DR. And on December 11th, around 2 a.m., after hanging out, partying at several different nightclubs, the 22-year-old and his 19-year-old mistress, Alatrega de la Cruz, checked into the Kiko Motel. This motel was actually located in one of the poorer sections of town. Cesar and de la Cruz were heard arguing as they checked into the motel. While in their room and still very drunk, Caesar placed a phone call to the front desk to order another beer. Just one beer? Five to ten minutes later, a Kiko employee by the name of Carlos Hernandez was on his way to deliver that one 
stupid bottle of beer to the room when he heard a gunshot come from that room that was occupied by Cedeno. Hernandez witnessed Cesar running from the room, jumping into his car before driving by the front office to yell that there was a dead body inside that room. It's kind of like that game Among Us. A body has been reported. In a December 27th issue of Jet Magazine, reporters said that Cesar went to the lobby and told employees that the woman he was staying with had allegedly shot herself accidentally. Kiko employees quickly called police, who indeed found De La Cruz dead with a gunshot wound to her right temple. Police arrested Cedeno the very next morning at his home. Police had determined that Cesar and De La Cruz had been drinking and playing with the gun when it went off. Cesar was initially charged with voluntary manslaughter and was held in prison without bail. His lawyers would work their magic and get it reduced to involuntary manslaughter. And after posting a $800 bail and a $100 fine, Cesar was let go after serving only 20 days in jail. After these events, though, Cesar would never become a fan favorite again. His reputation would suffer greatly for the rest of his career. In 1974, he would return to the All-Star game, but fans would give him hell at every turn. Now, he had a good season in 74, hitting 26 home runs, but Cesar would change up his swing in order to try to hit more balls. But then the pitchers would adjust to his new hitting stance, but then Cesar would never adjust to them adjusting to his adjust. Huh? Over the next few seasons, a couple of different things would happen. In 1977, the Astros moved their fences back, turning the Astrodome in one of the hardest parks to hit a home run in. And in 1978, Cesar would tear a ligament in his knee, forcing him to miss the rest of the season. Then in 1979, he got hepatitis and lost 14 pounds. Is that all it takes? In 1980, Cesar was starting to look like the player from the old and on the road to a solid comeback, but suffered a broken ankle while trying to beat out a double play in Game 3 of the NLCS. After that injury, Caesar would never be able to play center field again and was placed in the corners and would also do time at first base. He would never again steal more than 19 bases in a season. Now hit the old fast-forward button because in the fall of 1981, September 9th, 1981, while having one of his worst seasons on record with only five home runs and 34 RBIs, with only 12 stolen bases, the Astros were playing in Atlanta versus the Braves. In the first inning of the game, a game that actually only had 2,800 fans at, Caesar charged into the bleachers and began to fight a fan. Cedeno said after the game that the fan was heckling him since the series started and that his insults were just too much to take. According to Braves Stadium director Joe Shirley, the fan kept calling him a killer, and that's what provoked Caesar to jump into the stands. Now, no punches were actually thrown, and no charges would actually be filed, but Caesar was tossed from the game and immediately suspended and given a $5,000 fine. In the offseason, the Astros had seen the end and dealt Caesar to the Cincinnati Reds for Ray Knight, better known as 
the player who replaced Pete Rose at third. Caesar spent 1982 through 1985 with the Reds. Then in August of 1985, he would be traded to the St. Louis Cardinals for outfielder named Mark Jackson, who would actually never see the big leagues. Caesar did help St. Louis win the NL East title by batting .434 in only 28 games. On January 23rd, 1985, Caesar was again finding himself in trouble, this time while arguing with his new girlfriend, Pamela Lamont. While arguing, he crashed his Mercedes into a tree. Police arrested Caesar and charged him with DUI, and when officers attempted to put him into the squad car, Cedeno tried to kick out the back windows. Police were forced to bound his legs together. Caesar told police that he was arguing with his girlfriend when he lost control of his car. Both were uninjured, and Pamela was not arrested. Caesar would pay a $400 fine and placed on two years of probation in order to pay $7,000 in property damage. Must have been a very expensive tree. The Cardinals granted Caesar free agency after the 85 season, and he would go on to sign with the Toronto Blue Jays in March of 86, but was quickly released two weeks later. Caesar got lucky and signed with the Dodgers right away and would play his last MLB game on June 2nd, 1986. But wait, there's more. After leaving baseball, Caesar would find himself in hot water again when a man accidentally bumped into him at the Nassau Bay Bar in 1986. Caesar was so angry that he smashed a glass over the man's head, resulting in an arrest. One month before he was to face trial for the bar fight, Caesar would be arrested again, this time for beating up his girlfriend Pamela. He also resisted arrest. The fight was said to be over custody of their newborn daughter, while Caesar went to the house at 4 a.m., drunk, he began slapping Pamela across the face. Pam grabbed the baby and ran outside, fearing for her and her baby's life. Cedeno grabbed the baby and drove away. It took four police officers to pull him from the car. In 1990, the Astros hired him as a hitting coach for their farm system. But on September of 1992, at the Polo South Complex, a 911 call was placed but was quickly disconnected, prompting police to investigate. While police arrived, they found a pregnant Pamela locked out of her house. She told officers that Caesar beat her for not cleaning the apartment. Police were trying to take Cedeno into custody when he stole one of their nightsticks and started to attack them. He was charged with aggravated battery, resisting arrest with violence, and battery on law enforcement. But he was released on a $2,500 bail. In a victim statement from Pamela, she wrote that Caesar had a serious drinking problem and was only abusive when he was drunk. But he was always drunk, so he was always going to beat her. She begged him countless times to seek help, but he never would. The Orlando Sentinel reached out to the Astros on this most recent arrest, and when asked if this would impact his job as hitting coach, Astros spokesman would not speculate. Well, guess what? None of it did, and this all kind of reveals a darker side of baseball. Cesar remains with the Astros organization to this day, and hopefully after this show airs, we can get a petition to get him kicked out and maybe 
somebody can slap him around like he slapped his pregnant wife around. All right, so that is, whoa, Caesar Sedonier. Wow, that show was in the tank for a while, and I wish I kind of brought that to light earlier. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Go ahead and check out past episodes at iapradio.com. I'm very uh, thankful for all of you who listen to these episodes. Follow me on social media. Go over to iapradio.com and click any of those links. You can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and, and YouTube. Much, much appreciated. All right, so that is the end of the show. Thank you so much again for listening. Your support is very much welcome. Go over to Spotify and rate and review the show. That would help us out so much. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.